we, they opened up a little small track in Danville called it Dixie Speedway. And uh, they wanted to get some black drivers. And uh, they thought they didn't know who to approach, so they went to the police department to find out what black guys had speeding records, things like that. So they told them they want somebody to drive a race car to see me. So that's how I started racing. Wendell Scott. He did every, I mean, he, he drove the car exactly what, he did exactly what the car wanted him to do. He got out early, it was it looked like a little tight, but he kept in the throttle and he got a good lap and wow, way to go. Bill. There you go. That's man, Tony Schumacher wins. He is the champion for an eighth time. But Antron Brown, if Tony Schumacher loses, becomes the first African-American to win an NHRA title. 7th world title. Damn, I'm looking at the standings. Jimmy Johnson has 12 points. I know he only did like two races, but like... Mike Rockenfeller has more points than Jimmy Johnson. Well, yep. What about, what about um, Shane? Well, Shane uh, has a win, so he automatically has more points. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, can y'all shut the f*** up? <laughs> this is the intro. Carl, if you're listening. Loop that back in. That's the intro. <laughs> can you shut the f*** up? <laughs> oh, God. Right into, <laughs> right into the I need page. it. Write it to it. Write it to it. Write it down. Write it down. Write the timestamp down. Why oh, y'all stay doing me dirty, bro? No, we could. We could. All right. I really would never yell, though. All right. I'm good, whatever. Who driving me or you? You made the note. All right. <laughs> That's my rule. Whoever makes the notes is the captain of the ship. You're the quarterback. Because I'm just reacting to whatever you uh, like. How about how about this? Let me do it for the for the one time. Uh, you already have enough clout, sir. I don't think I trust you with the with the reins to the show. Uh, you already got us getting DM'd Polaroid pictures. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, dude, we try to have a nice, wholesome, family-friendly show. Yeah, nice, wholesome, mm-hmm. family-friendly show. If you no, post it, so, uh, you'd be so like, and nice, another wholesome, thing. friend and family. Yeah, you know, a wholesome show. And you're like, nah, fuck that shit. <laughs> I need to see some well, titties. Well, y'all shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. You ready? I'll drive. All right, y'all. Episode 11. Ooh. Welcome to the Victory Lane Vibe Show. We are your hostesses with the mostesses. Um, we have a special guest with us this evening. Um, really? I'm going to pass her the baton so she can introduce herself. Um, tell us a little about yourself and uh, when did you start watching racing? Yes. Hi. Hello. I'm JT. You probably know me from like Twitter, my Twitter handle, Scooteria JT. I've been watching racing for like three years, not really that long. Um, I mainly got into it when the pandemic started just because there really wasn't much else to do. Um, I don't actually really watch NASCAR that much anymore. Um, I did watch the race this past weekend just because there were a lot of different drivers from different disciplines that were racing there. And I thought it would be interesting to watch. I mainly watch um, sports car racing and indie car racing. Dope. Yeah, they. Uh, we had some special guests. I'd, I'd say we used to be able to call them ringers, but they were special guests with us this, this weekend um, in the races. Um, speaking of, let's jump in it. Y'all ready? Yeah. Um, yes, sir. First things first, did anybody watch the Thursday Night Thunder, um, also known as SRX? Um, I heard Haley Deegan almost had Tony. She had about another, another five or six laps. Y'all tune in? Yeah. Tony won. That's it. Yeah, I mean, this was the Tony show from beginning, middle, and end. And uh, it wasn't very competitive. It didn't seem like anybody in the field really had anything for him. Was he at his track? Yes. Was it? Oh, well, there, there's that. <laughs> home field advantage. The oh, ultimate oh. home field advantage. It's like, yeah, I own this. I practice here whenever I want to. I'm going to dominate and win. Um, I kind of wish that SRX was longer. I feel like it's like it just started to get good. And now, well, they got one last ref in this. The end, kids go back to school and no more SRX. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the thing that I like most about it is that, one, it gives me something to watch on Thursdays because that just really scratch is a, a racing itch for me. Uh, but I also kind of really appreciate how short the races are. Uh, when I first started watching it, I hated it because I'm used to NASCAR being three hours long on a Sunday. But, you know, I can watch this, be in bed by 1030, 11 o'clock. I'm not exhausted the next morning. Like that part I really appreciate. Uh, and then seeing guys like Schrader, you know, come back out there and carve it up. I think that's always super exciting. So uh, I really enjoy the product they're putting out right now. Hopefully they can, you know, improve it, make it even better for next year. Bonte, you wanted to chime in? I'll say what I said. That's it. No, no, but like, it's cool. Wish it was longer. But overall, it's all right. Not just finally somebody else besides NASCAR can lock in a primetime time slot on a, on a weeknight. I feel like that's a win in itself for, for racing fans. Um, but yeah, shout out to SRX. Shout out to Tony. Good job winning. Um, I don't remember where they go next week, but 
We'll find out in two days because we're going to talk about it. Um, let's see. Moving on. I think I one more left. Okay. Let's see. Uh, the trucks were at IRP. Um, Raja had a fantastic race. He qualified up front, stayed up front. Well, actually, drove back up front, I should say. Um, ended up finishing P7. Um, SVG uh, finished 19th in his first oval start uh, for Nice Motorsports. Y'all watch the truck race? Yeah, I think the truck race for me was probably the best on track action out of NASCAR's three series this weekend. Uh, it felt like that old school short track, like beating and banging. Uh, a lot of different contenders, three, four wide at times. Uh, just a really competitive race and a competitive field. And of course, like watching Shane w- try to work his magic on an oval, you know, it's just been a really fascinating thing to see. And I'm, I'm happy that where he finished, where he did, if he was like P2, P3, I'd be really shocked and say, okay, this man is really on another level. Um, but then on the flip side, if he was, you know, running in the mid thirties, I'd say, oh, maybe, you know, Chicago, he just caught everybody slipping, but um, he finished, I think about where he ran for a lot of the race. He mentioned in the post race that uh, he asked for an adjustment that went the wrong way. So they probably had a car that was maybe a top 15 car and they just couldn't nail it, in, nail it in on the last pit stop. But overall, I really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, the truck series has been pretty solid uh, and I've just not had any real issues with the product they've been putting out so far. So I'm gonna just get one. That's it. No, no, I'm, I'm playing. Um, I heard that uh, Tom Majeski dominated this race. Rogers had had a fantastic race. That's what we need. Press my boy. Um, SVG did well at his first over race. Say damn, he uh, he say he's still learning. So looking forward to seeing him in the Cup Series next year. But um. Overall, um, it was it was cool. It was cool racing. Did you what you think? Did you watch the you watch the truck race? You was just like, nah, I'm good. I did. I watched it, but then like I zoned out like halfway through it. So it was uh the whooping that Tom Jeski put on. It was kind of hard to to keep up with because he had a dominant vehicle. He could put it where he wanted to. Ran away with the field. I'm surprised that it's it's very rare in this day and age that you you get a setup and you nail it on the head like that and everybody else just gets caught slipping because it's, nobody had anything for him. Is Tom Majeski have happened a, a career career re, re, resurgence? Because that man this because that man this this season is going off. Remember remember him and, uh was he using the number six sixty car in twenty eighteen? That infamous curse 60 car, if, if I can remember that. It might be somebody else, but yeah, I think it was that's uh, the analytic team to see if we can uh, find that research for you. Yeah. Um, if it is him, prop prop prop, prop props to him to um make a comeback because that man's doing well this whole season. Definitely a cha- championship uh, championship contender. Yeah, I think you you go out and you win a race like that, your name automatically gets thrown in the hat. Um, lucky for him, he's he's already on to the next round. Um, so him and his team can work on the next batch of uh, races uh, yeah. that come up. Then they, the uh, you know, they had the next track. What they had the next track, Monte? My hometown, Milwaukee. 
I will be there. Yes, sir. Hopefully, you're you're wearing your your proper attire, unlike some of us who are involved with this show. But we'll save that, we'll save that for uh, another day. <laughs> or did you find out um, if he in fact was the driver of the sixty vehicle? I was looking and I could not find it. So maybe did we need look, to hire a new analytics team. Did you look up twenty eighteen? Xfinity car, the Roush number 60, because it was, I think it was him, Briscoe, and maybe him. That's awfully specific. Right? It sounds like you know. It sounds like you know. Are you beating <laughs> us just to, to use the fingers? Anywho, while we work on that, another topic. Um, so, speaking of SVG, it seems like um, Justin Marks really, really wants this man in his car. Um, and it sounds like he may forego trying to borrow a charter and just. I'm in a cup car next year. Uh, personally, I feel like that's genius. Um, with the talent level that he has, do you really need to spend millions of dollars for a guaranteed spot in the show when you're probably out qualify half the field anyway? Yeah, I mean, that's a really bold move. It seems like the last what five, seven years, like it's it's been all this movement, charter, 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 and spending big money, capital B, big money to get it. Um but SVG, I mean, he has been, you know, has come into NASCAR like a house of fire. And I mean, if there's any guy out there that you would bring in and take that risk on, I mean, he would have to be it, right? He's probably better than any potential free agents that are out there going into this offseason that I can think of off the top of my head. So why wouldn't you roll with him? I mean, there's what, 36 charters? And 38, 38 spots every week. So assuming he can beat out two guys, that's a pretty safe bet. And I just I really do like the the gutsiness and, and the willing to take that kind of a risk on him, if that is what they end up doing. Um, it isn't what I would have expected. I would have thought he would have done maybe some truck races or some Xfinity races and come in and done a few cup races here and there. Um, get some oval experience, definitely put him at all the road courses on the schedule. Um, but hey, if he can do it, go for it. I say, why not? He's also not, he's not old, but he's not a spring chicken. So like they do have a little bit of a clock running where they can't wait three years for him to be ultra polished, ultra cup ready. So it's exciting to see what will happen. Tiji, what you think? Honestly, I mean, I would really like to see how he does it, like a track like Coda, because Coda with NASCAR is where you get the true NASCAR experience, where a lot of people that have come from like the other racing disciplines, like Jensen and like Jordan Taylor, like they all say like the same thing about how there's people running them over for racing for like 25th. So it's like that didn't really happen like at Indy or even Chicago. So I'm like, yeah, let him run that and see if he truly wants to do NASCAR because, like, Coda is that's just how it is. Man, Coda was a great race. Well, last year when they were Ross Chastain and Alex Bowman, AJ Allmendinger got wrecked like six times coming to check a flag. Um, Bonte, um, what do you think? Um, are you in for Justin Marks just pulling SVG full time in the cup without a charter to give him a safety net? Final question is that, bro. You know the answer. You know the answer. Yes, sir. What's the answer? 
<laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> but like, um, SVG is a fantastic driver. Fantastic driver. Three-time supercar champion. The man's a beast. Man, It'd be great if the broadcast actually knew how to say his name correctly. That's what I'm saying, because especially Jeff Burton. You got Rick Allen over here talking about <laughs> Van Gisbergen, like blending the two words together. It's like there's a space between both of those words for a reason. How are you blending them together? They they be killing me, but um, I'm excited for him to come in the Cup Series. I know I know he'll do great things. Even though um he gonna even though he still got more learning to do um he'll be fine. Looking forward to him. He's gonna have a, a busy offseason. I do know that much. Um, yep. I'm interested to see if they pull him back for another race. Maybe if they pull him back for the Roval, if they pull him back for another normal NASCAR road course. Um, you know, to JT's point, so they he can get the true. You need to get out of my way. Um, experience of restarts and, and things of that nature. Um, another topic, um, you know, he's really big uh, sponsorship heavy for Red Bull with the way that NASCAR's marketing is now. Do you think Red Bull can come back and actually fund him to drive? Well, a doubt. Without a doubt. I think Red Bull been, 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 um, been beside of his Van um Shane Van Gisbergen for a long time, so I see why not. This is it's not like how it was in 2011 when uh they had their own team. Yeah, I my only question, and I don't think any of us know, but it's like, is there any conflict of interest with Monster, and are they in that level where they're like one of those premier cup level sponsors because they are basically the same product. And I just remember like years ago, this isn't apples to apples, but you remember when like they had the singular car and they were sponsored by Sprint and they tore, they made them tear the logo off and run like a plain orange car. Like, I'm not saying they're going to do that with this, but there was that conflict of interest and Sprint was like, oh no, you're not running that car here. So I just would be curious to see if there's like any kind of like exclusivity clause that they have as a partnership. But if they don't, I don't see why they wouldn't come back. I mean, um, I mean, they, I mean, Monster ran in the Cup Series for a long time, and uh, especially with, uh, during um, Rebels. So I, I don't, I, I don't see, I don't see the issue with that. Yeah. If they don't have any issues with that, then yeah, I don't see why they'd have a problem bringing him back. Uh, it's going to be a ton of exposure, and you know, there's going to be a million eyes on that car. So that makes sense to me. Well, we uh, we'll have to wait and see. I just this was running through my mind. I figured we we strike the iron while it's hot. Um, moving on, um, the Xfinity series goes to um, Indy. Ty Gibbs uh, wins his first race in eleven months, ten months. Um, Capturing the flag um, in the Xfinity race. Um, what y'all think of the, the Xfinity cars going around, Indy? Was it what you thought? Could have been better? Could have been worse? I didn't watch it. I hate that car. I hate the sponsor of it. That's all. That's a heavy side gives, though. Yeah, I had a chance to watch the, the replay of it. I didn't have a chance to watch it all live. Uh, I mean, it was pretty much Ty Gibbs, AJ Allmendinger, 
a huge gap, maybe some Sam Mayer in there, and then another huge gap, and the rest of the field. Uh, it was uh, a two-horse race basically the whole time. Uh, so on that angle, it was a bit of a, a downer, just knowing that it was 99% chance it was gonna, the winner's going to be one of those two cars unless they wrecked themselves out. Uh, but, you know, AJ's been, you know, the road course guy, and he's won at the Indy road course, and Ty went in there and was able to beat him. And, you know, you tip your hat to that team and that driver because that's a guy who's got into this place and got it done before. Uh, and he didn't, you know, race him dirty. He didn't punt him out into the wall to get by him. He just outraced him. So, you know, that's just a great achievement by him. And it is kind of weird to think about the fact that it has been like 10 months since he won at Phoenix and he has not won anything versus last year. I mean, he was tearing up Xfinity. It seemed like he was winning every other week. So, um, and then obviously like with him last win, being the title and then him losing his father like that night or within 12 hours afterwards. So it's nice that he can have that positive moment, you know, back in victory lane without having that cloud over him. It's in the last time he won. So, you know, you tip your hat to them, but, you know, AJ, he's supposed to be, you know, the trophy chaser at Collie. That's all they say is like, we're chasing trophies, chasing trophies. And they haven't really come up big in these uh, road courses on the Xfinity series. And I just under, like, we talked about this before about them skipping cup practices to go air quotes, chase trophies and having nothing to show for it. And I just wonder, you know, is this philosophy something that they're going to keep up next season moving on? Um, obviously, we think there's going to be some changes with that crew. Um, but, you know, I was just very surprised that he didn't get it done. That's something you just expect AJ to close, and he didn't. I can't say AJ's last name. You know, you know. Um, I don't know. I'm, I think he might go back to Xfinity. Who knows? It's uh. Silly season's definitely shaping up that way. Um, I don't know if if you if you're right there on the the playoff bubble on the the cup side where you're you know you're fighting for points and you and your team owner decide to go trophy hunt and just forego um, practice and qualifying, make you start in the back, and you end up finishing twenty fifth, twenty fourth. You just imagine what the day could have been if you actually practiced and qualified the way you're supposed to. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting how, you know, AJ was so dominant when he was full-time in Xfinity. And now I don't know if everybody else is catching him talent wise, or if he's fallen off or maybe he just needs to be in back in the car to, to relearn how to, to, to make it move and shake and get the finishes that he's looking for. So, um, more on that in a moment, oh, but now we go to the fun part Sunday, the cup race going backwards at Indy. What fun um, was that? <laughs> the driver of the 34 car won a, uh, a half crown jewel, a halfway crown jewel. I um, mean, securing it, himself it, into the playoffs. Just completely ruined everything. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Bonte, you go first. I know you like going first. I hate, this, I hate this race. I hate this win. I hate everything. Uh, this this whole race ruined my whole day. Oh, Lord. What do you mean? Do you care to elaborate? Yes. Um. The um, the restart line is literally at the towards the 
was like turn 12, 13. It's like right near the entrance of pit road. Right, 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 right towards entrance. It's so stupid. Like you can't put in the in the front. Not trying to say everybody gonna crash or anything, but like, bruh, that 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 not and another day too. That that race was so short. And that, like that race was like literally short. Like the shortest race of the year, like two two hours and five minutes, if I remember. I personally think that it was the right choice to move the restart zone. I mean, other people might not feel the same way, but I feel like that was a good decision on NASCAR's part, just because I feel like the one of the main reasons why people trash the road course so much was because of that whole stacking up, just like wreck fest, like stuff that's hype that happens when people go into turn one on restarts. So I remember like 2021 when they first did that, there was like all those crashes that were happening, cars getting launched off the curbing that they had. So they eventually just had to take out the curbing altogether. Everybody remembers that. And like even last year, there were still a lot of crashes. Like Larson had that, that huge crash with like somebody else. And I'm like, I, I think it was the right choice. Cause I, again, I thought that was one of the main reasons why people hated the road course was because they looked at it as just nothing but like, a, like, breakfast so i'm like okay now you change the restart zone and it's not a wreck fest anymore maybe like the perception of it will be better even though i don't know i don't really know how to feel about the whole like indie road course versus the oval because i'm like okay i didn't think the race at the road course was that bad this past weekend do i care for the winner not really but i didn't think the race itself was that bad then i'm like at the same time i can't really figure out if like the road like the oval racing was that good or if it's just like one of those cases that happen in motorsports a lot of like in nostalgia like a racing series will go to a track and then they'll go there for a while then just like stop going there and then all of a sudden people want it back and it doesn't really like depend on how good the racing there was people just want it back for the nostalgia purpose so I'm like, I don't really know. And plus, some other thing that people usually bring up with the Oval was that the attendance was horrible. Like, people were not showing up to that race. Even with the road course, too? Like, I think the attendance wasn't that bad. Like, for the road course, it was actually good, at least combined with, like, IndyCar. Like, it was pretty decent, which mm. I'm like, if the attendance was fine, they should just, like, keep the double header, but... I don't think that's coming back next year. Because mm -mm. because IndyCar are rumored to be Milwaukee next year. Yeah, I mean, if, if our listeners heard last week, I said that I was lo really looking forward to this race because of the chance at chaos and unpredictability. And that's what I was really hoping for. Um, and then <laughs> they moved this restart and there's none of that. So I feel very conflicted as myself as a selfish race fan wanting what i want i was disappointed but if i look at the big picture and what probably gave nascar and a lot of folks the product that they wanted on sunday i think it was the right call uh it definitely had the field super spread out it definitely prevented any chance of the the turn one calamities that we saw the last two years of this racetrack so I get the why, but it's just not what I want. 
And at the end of the day, I'm an audience of one. So I was a little disappointed that we didn't get anything out of that. Um, another point too, uh, that we talked about here before we start recording is that the field is so spread out. You have to wonder at what point is it becoming uh, too much of an advantage in the front of the pack to be able to launch that early. Uh, I think in the Xfinity race at one point, Almondinger was starting at the rear of the field and he was 20 seconds behind the leader at the line because he was starting from the rear of the field. And now he was able to get back up and be competitive. But if you're not an AJ Almendinger and you're 20 seconds behind the leader, you have no shot at anything more than likely. And so I just wonder, like, is there something that could be like a middle ground between full send four wide into a 90 degree turn and a 20 second gap in the field to start a run. I just feel like that's a really huge gap of track that I just, I feel like we're borderline. It's too much of an advantage. Um, so I, I don't know what that is. Maybe they move the restart zone to be just coming out of the turn as you're getting onto the front stretch. I don't know, but it definitely made the race really calm. Uh, it feel like it did go by in a flash, right? I remember watching it and I feel like I blinked twice and it was over. Uh, so I guess it depends on what you want. I can say like, I do like the fact that there are no cop, there are no stage cautions. You know, I'd rather have a race be naturally boarding, boring than artificially exciting. I don't like bunching the field up just for the sake of doing it. If there's an accident or debris or whatever, then of course, for sure. But I would much rather have the race play out as it goes and be spread out or air quotes boring versus the artificial excitement that NASCAR has been really prone to do the last couple of years. That's like my main grievance with NASCAR and their like overtime like format is just, I, I just hate it. So I'll add this point since we're, we're talking about the restart zone. Do you think that everybody has the opinions that they do about the restart zone because we only got to see it twice, the start of the race and then after JJ Yelly got wrecked? Do you think had there been more natural cautions and we actually got to see it and use it in action, will everybody still be as against it as they are seemingly so now? Yeah, I mean, we do have a very small sample size, but if I'm the leader or, you know, the first five rows, why would I do anything different? You know, you lay back, lay back, and then take off. Um, I don't know how it would have been any different. I mean, maybe drivers get more aggressive if there's a late caution, but still like if you're in that first row, you've got such an advantage to take off that early over the guy in seventh or eighth. I mean, they have no chance of catching you. I feel like, um, and I just feel like that's a bit too much of an advantage to have. Very well. Bonte. I don't mind it. Re uh, the uh, restart zone has been cool. See why not. I don't really have any like strong opinions on, I guess, this. Something I did notice, though, that I did not like was the attitude from a lot of NASCAR fans on social media, mainly Twitter, about all the international drivers coming in. A lot of them were acting very, very weird and gatekeepy. And it's like, you realize that that's a good thing that you want people from other disciplines being like, hey, I want to do NASCAR. Like, what? There's no reason for you to act like this. I mean, you even had some people go so far as to say that they were hoping that they would do poorly just because they were international. It's like, what are we really doing here? 
NASCAR fans almost every day. Like, 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 sorry, sorry, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm saying here, it's all, it's all they do. It's like we can have something new. I don't mind changes. It's less like some changes that happen. They complain about it. New car, they complain about it. Even yeah, like just like just, just like JT said, international drivers complain about it. Like, why do y'all need to complain about everything? Every, everything like it's not that deep. Stop trying to get stop trying to get you the sport. The sport is not like in two thousand one or in the nineties. It's over with. That was twenty years ago. Get over it. Yeah, I mean this. You know what JT just described is a symptom of a bigger issue in like the NASCAR community, and it's not just the fans. I mean, we've seen this in certain sections of NASCAR media, in certain other NASCAR podcasts that will remain nameless, but. There's this idea that they want NASCAR to be successful and make a bunch of money, but we don't want it to grow. We don't want to let anybody in that hasn't been here for 25 years and keep it super small. Um, and it's not going to be this small regional short track affair where you see the same guys, you know, the same fans in the stands that you saw for 20 weeks in a row. Like that's just not going to happen. Like that's not the way the sport wants to go. And, I think evidenced by some of the changes they've been making and doing this outreach to get these different drivers, these international drivers shows that they're trying to reach out into new audiences, new borders, all of those things, which I'm fully for. I think most of us, you know, on this show, this you'll hear are in favor of, but this idea, again, like you said, gatekeeping it of not wanting to grow. If you, if you're a fan of NASCAR and you're a true fan of NASCAR, I'm going to use that term, a true fan of NASCAR, you want the sport to do well. You want it to grow and thrive. And these are the things that they believe are the best opportunity to do it. Now, is it a guarantee that having international drivers in the field is going to put, you know, 20,000 people, extra people in the stands at Indy? No, it's not guaranteed, but that's something that we should try and that you should hope to be successful. You know, this kind of goes back to the Chicago road course as well, where people are saying, oh, I hope it's terrible and we never come back. Why would you want your sport to fail? Like on a whole level, on a league level, you should never want that because that's going to hurt the teams, the drivers, the people that you say you're a fan of, like they're going to be hurt by that. And so I don't know how you get that out, but it's just, it's very frustrating to hear people say things like that. And, you know, these drivers are some of the best in the world and say, I want to come to NASCAR. And then they have a race and say, I want to come back. Uh, like, that's fantastic. And I hope we get more of it. It technically even goes back further than just the Chicago race they did, like, this year. It goes back to when they initially announced they were doing the Clash in L.A. There were so many people that were like, oh, yeah, why don't they have the Clash at, like, some short track in the middle of, like, bum nowhere in America? And it's like, for one, a lot of those short tracks don't have, like, the infrastructure to host an event like that and even if they did like it would probably take a decent amount of like planning ahead on nascar's half to like be able to organize that and two they're not going to do that because like that's really not the target audience like people who are already like fans of like short track racing and just like they're they're already racing fans like technically the clash i would say the whole point of them doing that, moving it, like having it in LA and not having it in Daytona, even though it's like Daytona already had too many dates in my opinion, 
which is why, again, it was good they moved it. But it's like it's to get people who have probably never even seen a NASCAR race in their whole life. But people didn't like it. I mean, they still don't like it. So it blows my mind how, um, yeah, I remember that when people were complaining about the clash and stuff. Then they was like, oh, they should bring it back to Daytona. First of all, the clash has been been in the, uh, Daytona for, for years. We tired of it. We don't want to tired of it. Like I could see, I could, I could see like the clashes was on the on the road course, how like last year was, uh, uh, like how twenty twenty one was, fun the race by the way, but like I love the clashes in uh, L A. It brings like that like a basically like a new audience, like like a, a new yeah new audience from uh di- different um states and stuff. But um, NASCAR fans needs needs to just just do better and be quiet. It's just because a lot of like older fans or people who are already fans of NASCAR, like a lot of them don't realize that they are not the target audience for everything that NASCAR does. Like they're they're just used to like NASCAR catering to them and doing everything that's geared towards them. But now they realize that if they want to grow the sport, they have to reach out. They basically people in the South are but yeah, people in the South. Yeah, I mean just this idea of the thing that again bothers me the most is just like I said, the idea of like wanting something to fail. You can say like, "Hey, going from Chicago Land to a street course isn't my preferred direction." You can say, "I really love Chicago Land; that's my favorite track," and that's a very valid argument you can make. And I would never, you know, push back against that. But if you're saying, "I hope Chicago Land fails and it's a bust and it rains out and," You know, there's lightning and it, the ratings are terrible. And like all these things that like you hear and you, you know, you've seen on NASCAR Twitter and heard online. Uh, like that to me just doesn't make any sense because then it just goes to show that you really just want the ultra catered version of the sport. And you just have to accept that there are some changes that are going to be made. Like NASCAR has been making changes forever. And a lot of them I don't like, but that doesn't mean I, I hope that the ratings are terrible and that, you know, the sport struggles. I just accept that those are things that I can't change. And I'll complain about it on Twitter too, but I don't want the, t- the league to fail. And it's interesting. I don't see that in other sports. You know, I've never heard anyone say like, I hope the NFL goes bankrupt or, oh, the NBA is doing this, this in-season tournament. Well, I hope the ratings are trash for that. You don't really see that in these other leagues. That seems to be, a, as far as I know, like a NASCAR exclusive and I don't understand really the why. I mean, I know the, the audience that is saying these things, and I understand the reason why they're saying it. A lot of what we've just said here and like what JT said, but I just, you don't see that in other sports, and I don't like it. Yeah, I'll bring up a, a great point. Um, so speaking of our guests that we had uh, last weekend, uh, Kamui Kobayashi um, ran the 67 car for 2311. Andy Lally was back. Jensen Button was back. Um, Mike Rockefeller, Brody was here. Um, Brody ran a race, um, and then of course um, the Quiet Goat, um, Shane Van Gisbergen finished top ten, top ten at Indy, and his first his first you know official actual road course here um, in the NASCAR series. Um, what did you all think of our um, guests' performances over the weekend? Um, personally, um, Ricky Stenhouse, I hope you choke on waffles for wrecking Kamui like you did. Um, but you know, we'll, well, I'll save that. 
y'all go. Love it. Great, great to see other uh, other uh, international drivers and in, um in NASCAR, especially in on world courses. Hope I see more of that. Um, Ricky, you're a bum. You're a clown. You're a bum. I hate y'all win at uh Daytona 500 for uh for doing cool, but we like uh, 30. You're a bum. I don't care who you are. You're a bum. I I honestly like it. I like when drivers from other disciplines like cross over and do a bunch of different things. Part of the reason why I like the Rolex 24 race a lot because it like is one of the few times you see a bunch of people from different racing disciplines all in one spot. Something else we need to start a dialogue on is some Chase Elliott fans, the way that they reacted to Suarez and the way that they, they were, they were beefing with two people. First one they were beefing with was Rockefeller because they were saying that I guess he was holding up Chase, which I'm like, I personally don't think that was the case. I, especially coming from the background that Rockefeller comes from, I really don't think like that was what he was doing. I pretty like, I'm pretty sure he would have like the decency to know, like that's just like racing etiquette. Like at some point, if you're like lap traffic, you're not going to do too much to hold up the leaders. Um, Like you usually don't see that. So I don't really know. Like, even though they like chase, and, like, Rockefeller did talk, like, after the race, I think somebody had posted about it. And I don't even think there was any, like, animosity between them. It was just, like, a normal conversation. But, like, there were a lot of people in, like, the quotes and replies that were, like, being, like, oh, yeah, I hope he told him off. I hope, you know, I hope that loser knows next time don't hold him up and stuff like that. I'm, like, okay. They were also mad at Suarez because I guess they said that, like, he punted Chase, which I'm, like, there was, I didn't really see anything wrong with what he did because it's like, he's racing for a playoff spot too. Like people are not just going to like bow down and like submit and just, just because it's chase, like they're going to race him just as hard as he races anybody else. And I feel like a lot of chase fans don't particularly like when other drivers in the field race chase pretty hard is like when he races other drivers hard when it's like, that's, that's just racing. Like, if you can't really handle like other drivers racing your driver as hard as they race, then maybe I would suggest finding a different sport to watch. I mean, I don't know. I just don't think that their anger against either one of those drivers was justified. Not only that, I remember uh, one fan was like, I hate Daniel Suarez because he took over Carl Edwards' car. Ma'am, Carl Edwards, Carl Edwards re- retired at Retired in 2016. Be for real. Yeah, Carl been gone. And retired from. Yeah, and he retired from JGR from the 19 car. Literally, super specific. Martin Truex. Never mind. Um, (laughs) mind. All right. (laughs) Yeah, like I, as I alluded to earlier, like I love the international drivers. I think it's just really cool. Like I admit that I grew up fully in a NASCAR home, so I did not watch. I maybe watched the Indy 500 but that was really the only non-NASCAR racing that was on my TV as a kid. So, you know, I didn't know about F1. I didn't know about all these different racing leagues as a kid or even as a young adult. So, you know, for me, like when I see these names that are in the field, I want to go look them up. I want to find clips about them. I want to learn more about them. Like I've learned more about Shane Van Gisbergen in the last couple weeks than I ever would have expected coming into the season. Right. Like I, I just think that's really awesome. And I'm like, oh, yo, this dude's a dog. Like, he's that guy. I think that's really cool. So, 
Uh, I really love it. I, I, I give a thumbs down to the people that are, are poo-pooing on their performance because it, for a lot of them, it's their first time in a cup car on a course that a lot of them probably haven't raced. Like, relax, like, get over yourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I think hopefully, you know, they can come back in the future. I'd love to see them. I'd, I'd love to see a bunch of these guys at Watkins Glen this weekend. Like, I'd love to see that just to see how they would perform there. Um, but yeah, I think it's awesome. Um, I guess I hope they come back. Uh, and then like to JT's point, like, you know, Chase fans, some of y'all get a bad rep because of the company y'all keep because about half of that group is wild and unhinged and they just do the most. Like, it's okay, guys. It's, it's racing. Like, your guy's going to get bumped. He's going to get moved. He might get spun out. Like, hey, that, that's racing. You got to deal with it. Like, that's part of the game. So, you know, I'm sure they're listening to us now and taking deep notes on how we're, we're lecturing them. But, uh, I mean, yeah, it doesn't even get... matter because it's like they support Chase and Chase is a driver. I'm sure he knows that. I'm sure he is well aware that if you race somebody aggressive, they will probably do the same thing. They will return the favor. So it's like everybody knows this. Like, even the driver that you support and you are, like, going so hard for with, like, some of the stuff that you say that he probably won't even see or read or whatever. Like, he knows. Like, there's just no point. I'm sure he probably wasn't even mad at Suarez, to be honest. I mean, he might have been, like, displeased a little bit. But, I mean, that's just, again, it's just racing. It's just natural. Yeah. I mean, you see a, a lot of these guys, like, they get out the car and they go over and they talk and everyone's crowded around the TV waiting to see if there's a fight. And then they're like, oh, you see them explain it? And they're like, okay, I get it. And they walk off. Like, meanwhile, yeah. their Twitter stands are blowing up and saying, you know, the craziest things ever. Like Just that, that and there's some BS going on. Yeah, it's exhausting. But, um... It's complaining about complaining about all, over nothing. Like it's not even that serious. It's just hard racing. What do you expect? And Man, also, you just... have to. Sorry, I was going to say. Also, the context too. People have to remember, like both of these guys need to win, and we're fighting. I think for second place at the time in stage three of a race where they both had cars that were good enough to go up and contend for a win. Like, if there's ever a time I would be understanding why someone would move my guy, even if I don't like it, that's the time because they're just as desperate as you are. You know, if if Soros had three wins and he just dumped Chase, then you'd be like, oh, come on, dude. Like, you've got three wins. You know you're going to be in the playoffs. But no, he needs this win just as badly as, as Chase does. So, like, you know, look outside of yourself and realize that, you know, these are, all these folks get paid to race competitively and, like, do their job. And on behalf of, or at least going back to the issue where a lot of, like, Chase fans were mad at Rockefeller for, I guess, again, air quotes, holding him up, Chase is, like, what, a seven-time road course winner? Like, you're telling me that he doesn't know how to navigate lap traffic better than that? Like, in my opinion, what I'm going to say, which a lot of people might not like it is that that was simply a skill issue on Chase's part. <laughs> not being able to navigate lap traffic when you know that there's going to be lap traffic at that point in time in the race. A skill issue. <laughs> <laughs> Doing it not wrong. 
Is she not? She yeah, ain't. You're not wrong. She said it at best. Skill issue. What yeah, y'all do about it? Yeah, you can't expect every car in the field to just pull off in the grass mm. so you can pass them. Like, it's there again. Like, they're getting paid to go out there and run comparative laps. Like, these guys are probably not holding you up. Like, it's your job to get around them. So, you got to do your job. And, uh, you know, I'm sure there's frustration on Jason's part because, like we said, like the season's been pretty much a wash from him to this point. And, you know, so as of this date, he's this has been his closest shot at a win. They've kind of been dog food for most of the season when he's been in the car. So I get the frustration, but like, come on, guys. Like, relax. the dog left him. The dog <laughs> the, left. Him. He did not he have the dog in him. He he was not him this weekend. He can only blame himself for this because he's the one who decided to go skateboarding. Right. He's the one who decided to. to did he wreck Denny? Is that yes. who he wrecked against his window? Yeah, yeah. At, at the Coles Hurry, yeah. Actions detrimental to stock car races. Like, you're the reason why that you're in the position that you're in. And that, I feel like that was the most. Just to bring this back, that was the most fun thing about this race this weekend. Because although, you know, my driver did what he had to do and everybody yeah. else showed out, it just showed like how competitive it actually is to win and to win on road courses. Daniel Suarez had every right to race chase the way that he did because he was trying to make up that ground that he lost on pit road. Like these it's like, hard like, racing. Like y'all just said, right. It's it's hard racing. Like I get paid to win races and to exactly. fight for a championship. I, I did can't not do that if you're in my way. Right. Like, I did not get paid for me to just, 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 just say, oh, okay, here you go. No. That's not the fucking that's not, that's not how the dog on sport works. That's not, that's not what we're doing. No. Um, so, yeah. So, with that in mind, um, um, the NASCAR uh, website failed me once. So, I had to, to reload it. I'm trying to pull up where we stand now. Play off. Wise pull up these playoff standings. Um, so with uh, McDowell's win, um, he jumps up to twelve. Why does this look like this? This is it's not. And you know, I pull up standings and I click the hyperlink for playoff standings, and it doesn't playoff standing me. It, it gives me the the other version where like everything's all askew like the driver standings so right now mcdowell is in the playoff standings it looks like he's 12 and yeah big jump the only spot still up for grabs keselowski and harvick are almost essentially locked in barring new winners so they are Harvick is plus 145, Keselowski plus 143. And then the only other spot that has not been locked in by a winner is, of course, the number 16 spot occupied by Bubba Wallace, currently plus 28 above the cut line. Mm. I see how it, how it did that. Uh, this is going to be a tough two weeks. I mean, now, like, you know, like I, we, let's talk about it. Talk about no. the bubble. Let's talk about what we're up against. Um, we we why, um, do you, why do you think that Bonte? Because we got a road course which is um Rockets Glen. We all know how Bubba don't do on road courses. He did really well um Sunday, but like let's just get some stage points. Just let's just let's just let's just have some miracle. And then not only that, you have Daytona. 
A lot of people say, oh, he's going to win Daytona. I don't have faith for that. And y'all know how Daytona is. It's it's unpredictable. So I pray we pray we 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 had like these last next two weeks is pretty good, but this is going to be a massive massive challenge for the twenty three team. But 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 I have faith in these guys. Yeah. So I mean, first to like look back, I really don't have anything too harsh I can say about the 23 this week. I think they were trying some things strategy-wise. They talked about during the race to try to get off sequence of the leaders just to maybe if there's a late caution, but that caution never came. So like they did the best I feel like they could given the circumstance. It just so happened that the worst case scenario happened for them. Mm-hmm. You know, having a new winner and having the new winner be one of McDowell or Suarez and then the other person getting a ton of playoff points from the stages. Like that's just your worst case scenario, but you just have to tip your hat and say like, you know what? They get paid too. Like they did their job. Um, But like looking at Watkins Glen, like the fear is still now again, like a new winner. That's my bigger fear than Suarez is pointing his way up, uh, into that spot. I really do think it's going to have to take a winner to bump him out. Um, Bubba has not run well at Watkins Glen. I'm looking no. at his uh, cup stats here. In the last couple of years, he's good. finished 35th, 23rd, 28th, and 25th. So it's mm-hmm. not been a kind track to him. But you have to go in there and just give it your Melt best effort. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's all you can do is like go in there. Have a gutsy strategy, you know, like this is the time for you to take risks in terms of, you know, pit strategy, fuel, like all of those things. Try to steal a good finish. Um, all of that would be great. But I really do think like barring a new winner, it I think he'll be okay. He just needs to not have Suarez or Ty Gibbs or Chase Elliott win uh, this weekend. I feel like those are the biggest threats. For the new winner, especially Chase. I mean, Watkins Glen has been very, very kind to him. Yeah, um, got two back do, to back, got two back to back wins from 2018, 2019. So I'm, I'm, I'm super nervous, bro. I'm, I'm really, yeah, am. yeah. But like, I, I honestly do think like, if they get to Daytona and it's not a must win, I think they can point their way in. Like, I really do think that he, Toyotas have done well. They may not have the finishes to show, but they've done well in terms of. Uh, organizing like getting up in the stage and being a threat for stage points and at this point what four of the five toyota drivers that are like main threats have clinched so he should have plenty of help he's got good help you know he's got denny hamlin will be pushing him a bunch i'm sure who's been great at daytona so i think you know maybe a stage win at daytona is what he needs to get over the hump and then Mm. like they can just race for the win that's my hope um but this, these two weeks are just about survival. And, I mean, again, like they did all that they could. So I can't be upset if you did everything you could in your power and it just didn't work out for you. Some days it's just not your day. Yeah. Jades, I know you're not really involved with the NASCAR side of the motorsports, but um, what are your thoughts, feelings? I know you probably see it on um, socials about what's going on in regards to Bubba and his um, playoff hopes. I mean, like, Daytona is just a wild card race, like, in general. I Like, anybody can win that. I mean, and really, like, 
Daytona, Talladega, those type of tra- plate tracks are just solely about like wreck avoidance and some, in my opinion, like luck. Like obviously there is skill that is involved because it's still a race, but there's that. The only grievance I really have with 23, at least the 23 team is their pit crew. At least from some of the races that I've seen, that this past weekend wasn't that bad, at least from what I could tell. Like, they make things harder for themselves when they really don't need to, when they are bottling pit stops, when they have a chance to actually, like, be competitive. Like, I feel like I've seen, at least for most of the NASCAR races I've watched this season, it's like whenever Bubba is actually running well, his it comes down to, like, one crucial pit stop and they somehow bottle it like their pit stops just suck it's like how what what are we doing how do we get to this point where there is a crucial again the one critical pit stop that you need for your driver you bottle it like it's just like the you had one job thing it's like it it just makes me scratch my head it's like maybe come off season like there needs to be a total like overhaul of that team regarding the pit crew because i'm just like you just like wait y'all can't keep doing this like y'all cannot keep bottling pit stop after pit stop and then ex- still expect to win or even like finish like top five or top ten it was so, yeah, so oh, my bad i was gonna say it was so Thank many you. good 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 finishes that bubba could finish but his but his pick who continue to let he keeps continuing to let him down. It is frustrating. Um, Mich, like the car gave up Michigan. Um, same thing. Same thing. Same thing. Uh, Richmond. Richmond. Richmond was like the biggest twenty three eleven specifically twenty three team cell that I have ever seen. All like probably of one of the biggest group. team cells I had seen. This year in motorsports in general, all be, all because of the pit crew. It wasn't it wasn't even the driver's fault. Bubba and Tyler was doing just fine. They could. The I mean, crew. I feel like this has been going on for a while now. Cause when yeah. when was it that there was a guy who like tripped and fell over the pit like the pit lane wall during a pit stop? Like I don't know if that was this year or last season, but like whatever that was, it's just like this has been happening for so long. It's like clearly. We need to do something. Like changes need to be made ASAP, especially next season. Yeah, I mean, I think they they know they have to know in house. Like, if their goal is to be and and Denny said this several times, right? Like, his goal is within five years to be a championship contending organization. Well, you've got to get this fixed quick, fast, and in a hurry because it's been a problem on both crews. It's cost both teams wins or shots at wins. Um, both drivers have been extremely frustrated, fed up on the radio in the last two years talking about it. So you would have to have your head in the sand to not know that it's the, it's the biggest problem you have right now. Like the cars load off. They're fast. The drivers are talented. Like you have to get this figured out. I think they're at a state right now and I don't know, I'm guessing, but I feel like they're just, it's too late in the year to change anything now. Like, what you got is what you got, and you have to just ride this out until the season's over and hope that they can be average for the rest of the year. Um, you know, I mean, 
I'm gonna look for a silver lining. They didn't make a bad day worse yesterday, right? Like Bubba finished what I think P17, P18. There's no pit stop that made him finish 34. So like some positives there, but you know, you just want to see consistency from your pit crew, right? You just want them to be nice, steady Eddie and don't give you any surprises. Like I'll settle for a, a B plus pit stop every time versus giving me a couple A's and then some F's in there. Uh, which is what they've been doing a lot, and it's been more apps than A's recently. So not recently, but like the last year. It's happened since last year. I thought it was Blaney that had the worst pit crew, but uh, to be honest, it, it it's like it's a tie between twenty three eleven or the twenty three team and Blaney's pit crew. Like it, to me, it's it's like a mid off. It was so like like this pit crew was so bad. Like Tyler Reddick snapped. You rarely see Tyreek get mad. That's how bad it. That's how bad his pit crews really are. That yeah. not only that, not only that. Um, obviously Bubba uh, snapped out last year at Nashville because of the whole pit issue too. Like this, there needs to be changes because this is unacceptable at this point. Well, they weren't the problem last week. Um, we just got outpaced, so. Um, looking ahead to um, Watkins Glen, um, Xfinity's there, Cubs there. Um, genuinely, I know for me, um, and then we, you know, we can go through our predictions. I'm not really thinking that Bubba's going to have a, a a bad weekend this weekend. Um, Watkins Glen's not that technical of a track. Um, there's only but so many terms you can mess up. Um, of course, there everybody's going to go full send to the bus stop. A couple of times, but I think we um we can walk away with some some points here. Um, which repeat winner do you all look for to be in victory lane um, when the checkered flag waves Sunday? Kyle Larson. Kyle, I don't like you, but do me a favor, please win. It's all X. Yeah, I would pick Kyle as well. But since you took him, I would go Willie B. They, they've been super hot going into the summer, and I feel like they've kind of quieted. I wonder if they've been testing stuff the last couple of weeks. They just really have not been in the hunt. So I would go him. And I'm looking at the, at the roster now. There's no one that's phenomenal that's locked in the playoffs right now at road courses. Maybe Tyler, but I don't know if he's really been good at the Glen in recent years. I can't remember when the last time he had finished that, but if if my boy if if um, Kyle Larson get get the dub and we and we get some stage points, we should be safe for the uh, for the uh, Daytona. Fingers crossed. It's all, it's all for. Do we know if they, Do we know if there are stage cautions? No. Are they are they just done for all road courses? No, they don't have. There's no stage breaks for any of the road courses this year, from my understanding. Okay. Yeah. Which works out so much better. I agree. I mean, I've been banging the drum privately for probably the last three years that I would just like stage points be doled out exactly what happened at Indy. Give them the stage points. I'm fine with stage points because it rewards you for consistently being at the front. And then just keep going. And like, if someone wants to play a strategy game to try to be there at the end, let them. Uh, I don't understand why we feel the need 
to have. I mean, it's for commercials and for ad revenue, but I don't think stage cautions are necessary at all. I think um, I'm going to pick Kyle Bush to win at the Glen. It's um, it's time for him to get hot going into the playoffs. Um, I just if the 23 team can walk away with a 35, 36 point buffer going into Daytona, we got it. A couple stage points, and then like quite literally, we'll literally have to either get knocked out of the race or a new winner has to win um, to to get locked in. So um, I'm quite hopeful for. Watkins Glen. Um, yeah. We, we should have some um, some good things should be coming our way. Also, um, who, who who made the schedule to go back-to-back road courses and then Daytona? I was saying the same thing, too. I'm like, what the hell so did stupid. you figure out? What the hell? I was like, what the hell was the meaning for this? You made two back-to-back road courses and Daytona. I I just do not understand <laughs> Like, um, what is the appeal of that? I remember, I think when we, when we, one of our first episodes, I had said that I love road courses, but I want them spread out. I do not want two road courses in the same month. Like, I want them to be their own thing and to go back to back road courses. And then I, I don't mind Daytona, even though it's the most chaotic possible choice. Maybe that or, or Talladega, but back to back road courses and then. Daytona, it's just all right. That's a head scratcher. I mean, maybe if it's the Indy Oval and then Watkins Glen and then Daytona, like I'd like that more. But I just don't understand it, the schedule makers. All right, it's so stupid. Like if it was last year's schedule, I, I, I would have been cool with that. But back to back road courses and Daytona, be be so for real. I mean, for me, genuinely, if I had it my way, I flip flop Daytona. And Talladega at the end of the year, and have the Talladega the the last race before the chase starts, just oh, just Lord. so you can have that much. I just I just love the start finish line of Talladega. Just let's add some some extra extra drama. Let's put on the super speedway, but you got to keep going. Let's let's see what happens. All right, so well, um, it's time for our ask Bonte session. If you uh, send in your questions to Bonte, hashtag ask Bonte, um, tag him, tag the pod account. Uh, we will pull two questions to ask on our weekly <sighs> episodes. We're going we're gonna to try this out. Um, What's I have the question, a really though? great question. It was fantastic. I just have to find it because it was, it was, it was the greatest thing ever. And I can't find it. Art, do you have Jesus, it? Jesus, dude. Now, you have don't one forget. job. Don't yeah, forget, not? folks, that uh, you know you can ask Vante for life advice, relationship advice. You know he's a wise man on many subjects. You are excellent so, person to ask this, but I'm gonna try. I'm gonna give you my honest opinion. So Just the saying. first, so the first question that we got was they want to know when are you doing the shoey? And so for those who may not follow you know, the channel on Twitter or social media, there's been a, a, a groundswell of fan support asking for Monte to do a shoey. And some more context for if some of you don't know what a shoey is. You drinking shoe- you drinking something out of a shoe that we 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 they, they know. Don't don't they do know they though you can't assume yes, they so know. Danny Ricardo, do they watch F one? 
Hey, like I really didn't know nice. what a shoey was until like a year ago. So it's not like Jesus I, Christ. I think a disclaimer has to be go out there. So yeah, like I maybe we need to get Bonte to like take his shoey after like an eight hour shift at work. I think that might no, be the equivalent of a Formula One race. Uh, so that's the first question, Bonte. They want the people want to know when are you doing a shoey? When, but if if that I, I don't want if if I I don't want if Bubba made the playoffs, and if he wins, that's it. Other than I'm not I'm I'm not doing that. So follow up question: Is it one, the other, or both? Can we get two shoeys out here? You, yes, you get two. Now leave me the damn. No, leave, leave me the hell on with these with these damn shoeys. All right, you heard it here. Live and direct from the source, we have shoeys, shoeys coming. I, I hate y'all. I hate y'all. We need to. We're snipping this segment and sending it to Bubba so you can have some extra motivation the next two weeks. I need yes, that. Sir. We will tag everyone that we know <laughs> tag at three three eleven so that they can know. I need you to spend a couple extra hours at the shop. We got stuff on the line for this race. Oh my lord! For the culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. do, you have the, well, do you have the uh, what's our is other there another one? What's the other question? Have had it. Hurry up. You're aggravated now. Don't be aggravated. This this business, baby. <laughs> I guess. What was that a question? The shoey one say, was, was, didn't say no, that was he was doing the shoey on camera. So is it on camera or no? Like if it's not on camera, then it didn't happen in my opinion. I have oh, oh, yeah. video question. editing. I know the toys it's old video. It's old video. I, if if, oh, if, if Bubba makes the playoffs, if he wins, I will go outside and record me outside doing this nasty ass show. Let's go. Let's go. And the, oh, Let's so here go. we are. We only have one other question that I that is non shoey related that I think we can ask. And I don't know if we should do we should we start shouting these people out who send in these questions. I mean, I would. Let's give them their, t- their 15 seconds of fame, you know what I'm saying? Because if they all listen right. to us, so, you know, then so this, they get their play. So That's true. So, all right. So, Bonte, this last one comes from Kylote Newt 28 on Twitter. He's a big Rowdy Bush fan by the judgment by his uh, profile. He wants to know Hello? if mayonnaise is an instrument. What type of dumbass question is that? No! Use it for sandwiches. Eat a damn sandwich with some mayonnaise. What type of dumb question is that? What kind of drink are you going to do for the shoey? Oh, That's a good question. That's a it fantastic probably, follow-up question. Probably either Dr. Pepper or Sprite. You're so corporate. What the hell you want me to drink, man? You should do McDonald's Sprite, because that'll make it worse. You should do McDonald's Sprite. Oh, my God. You know how much yeah. that Oh, Lord. <laughs> McDonald's Sprite it is, I guess. JT. That's right, baby. I mean, McDonald's come on. McDonald's you're Sprite, you're going to McDonald's. You're supporting 2311 at the same time. All right. I'll do that. I just personally, I know we're not at the end of the show yet, but I just want to thank JT for coming on here and choosing violence. Like, thank you for bringing the energy. Like, this this is what we need. I appreciate mm-hmm. you so much. Yeah. Oh, I do it on Twitter all the time. It's like half of my Twitter personality. We need you more Violence on the show more often chosen. in the future. <laughs> yeah, we need you more often on, on the show if you want to. All right. Well, um, what else we got? We did ask Bonte. Um, final thoughts. Let's. Bonte, skedaddle. are you wearing? Are you wearing a high V shirt? I am. Is that is that literally 
like Jack Harvey, like you're wearing it the same day that he got sacked. <laughs> How hilarious. Oh. <laughs> I heard about that. How do you get fired on your day off? You hate to see it. It's easy. Ask Noah Gregson. Oh. Mm. If you know, you know. I mean, like, I already knew. Like, we all knew mm-hmm. it was coming. I mean, I feel like it was just delaying the inevitable. Like, he was already going to be gone after this season. Yeah, I agree. Hate to see it. Even though Ray Hall, Letterman sucks. But, yeah. Wait, yeah. Now, now, now he got a Ray Hall. Now he goes to a new team. And, 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 and now John... For, for those bozos. I hope we get a better ride. I heard it was like, it was crazy, silly season for IndyCar. What happened? Uh, or it was like, hella driver changes. A lot. Oh, let's learn it too. Let's talk about the, um, be, before we leave, let's uh, talk about the, the uh, Chip Ganassi and uh, Zach Brown's situation. Oh, this whole, this whole Alex Pelot thing is so, Messy and interesting. Now, now McLaren don't want um uh explode no more. This this whole thing's confusing. I ain't a lot of you. And then and then you got uh, Chip Ganassi um responding like throwing shots, throwing shots. I'm like, oh, we got beef. Can you enlighten us for those who aren't aware of the? Canassi, Alex Polo, Zach Brown, Beef. Can you uh, take us down, take us down memory lane, and and let us uh, understand? JT, for yours. Uh, okay, I'll try to explain this like the best way that I can. It's a lot. Like if you haven't been keeping up with it from like start to finish, it's kind of a lot. But I think basically all of this started what. Yeah. Last been, year? yeah, last season it started when, mm. like, basically the same thing that had happened with, like, Oscar Piastri and Alpine over on F1, where they were saying, oh, yeah, he's driving for us. Then he came out and said, no, that's not correct. I'm not driving for Alpine. And he was driving with McLaren. Basically the same thing happened with Alex Pelot, where I think it was something where I think, because I know he got taken to court or whatever, where McLaren was basically saying, like, I think Chip Ganassi, the team took him to court based off of, like, I guess him, like, breaching his contract or something. And, like, it was just a whole mess. And then it never really died down because now you had a bunch of, like, just... Zach Brown, in general, is a very messy team CEO like there's no beating around the bush he is messy and Alex Polo I guess unbeknownst to everybody you know even other IndyCar drivers even he's also messy so you put messy and messy together and you just get more mess pretty much the whole thing the whole thing is a mess it's hilarious yeah I mean, honestly, I don't really feel bad for, like, McLaren or Zach Brown, really, because, I mean, Zach Brown was trying to sign, like, five different 
drivers to McLaren, and it never came to fruition. So it's like, I mean, he was sitting there playing in people's face and dangling contracts in front of them. So it's like, I don't, I don't really feel bad. You know, it is what it is. Very well. Good stuff. Well, um, what else we got? Archer, Art, you got anything? And then we missed. I feel like we should be like on, um, we should do like on part of the interruption where we have just like a section where we go back and, and fix what we said or didn't say <laughs> or correct ourselves on something that's not Maybe statistically yeah, or analytically correct. Actually, just for anybody listening, for the record, I am not a Chase Elliott hater. I am very neutral about him. So if what I said came off as me being a hater, a staunch Chase Elliott hater, it's not true. I mean, the people that think you're a Chase Elliott hater have already checked out, and they have been tweeting you for the last 30 minutes. They did not make it to the end. Uh, forget about yeah, them. They're already in your mentions. They already yeah. did that. Forget about them. I already care. Yeah, maybe we need to hire, you know, we need some kind of like a stat person intern who can just like correct us at the end. Bonte, why don't you get on that? Find us an intern. Hey, hey, man, y'all ask too much. People's champ. Clearly, we're not asking enough of you. You got all these people in your mentions so almost on do a shoey and you're getting fan mail. You know, you about to get the. The, the Vibes fan account set up. You know, I don't need so. no fan mail. I need some die cast. Send me some die cast. I'll, I'll be straight. Or some food. Some snacks. Okay. Fan mail comes we'll work on that for next time. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, with that, um, appreciate y'all for listening. Thank you for coming through and catching the vibes. Um, catch y'all in a short. We out. See you.